0: Welcome to our podcast here at Trinity West Church. We believe that you will be enriched by today's message. Let's open our hearts to receive God's Word. Now, this week, I get the honor of being able to speak to you because it's Youth Takeover Week. So... I don't know if many of you know, but when you prefer, prepare a message, you kind of have an idea of what you think God's talking to you about. Well, I did that, and then God said, now that you got that one done, I don't want you to say that anymore. And I was like, what? You do know that I had a baby this week, right? I mean, well... And, and, and I mean by me, I mean my wife, because I didn't do anything. I mean nothing. So, but time frame-wise, it was a crunch. But you know what? God kept challenging me and challenging me, saying, you're preparing too much. You're preparing too much. Just say what is on your heart. Say what I have you to say. So, this morning... I got here really early, the youth looked at me like I was crazy, I was here at about 5 o'clock this morning, and uh, I just kept praying, what exactly do you want me to say? And I had prepared, and it changed again, but we're going to go with what the Holy Spirit is telling me to go with, so bear with me. The verse that God gave me to talk about today is 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, my wife will also attest to this. I love disagreeing. I love the idea of it. I like to just take the other side, just to take the other side. I don't even care that it's right or wrong. I just like to be argumentative. You know, I don't know if you guys know what's going on now or not, but the NBA Finals are going on right now. The Golden State Warriors are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. And all over sports talk radio is the argument of who's the greatest basketball player of all time. And their arguing is, is that if LeBron James wins this title, that he will be arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. Now, there's a bunch of different arguments. I mean, I'm sure there's people sitting here that would argue maybe Wilt Chamberlain is, or Bill Russell, or Magic Johnson, or Larry Bird, or Michael Jordan. Now, I'm not saying I'm biased or anything, but I'm pretty sure I have the exact right opinion on this. And I'm from Chicago, so, Michael Jordan is clearly the greatest basketball player of all time. All right. But to get my point is this. Is God told us what is the greatest in this verse. He said, love is the greatest. Now, I'm argumentative, and I'm not the smartest man alive, but what I do know is this. You don't argue with the man that knows how many hairs are on your head. All right? You don't argue the man that knows your future. Okay? So, we all can agree, since God said it's the greatest, love is the greatest of these. All right. But you know what happens in American culture? Is once we find out what the greatest is, that's what we go with. The other ones don't matter. You know, the greatest is Michael Jordan. Ah, no one else matters. Well, the NBA wouldn't be where it is without some of the other players in it. So my message today is on the other two. Faith and hope. You see, I've been in church pretty much my whole life. And every time I've heard this verse preached on, it's always in relation to love. So I'm pretty sure that's why God and the Holy Spirit have told me I need to preach on faith and hope. So I started digging and I wanted to find out, because my wife knows I love to research as well, that I don't take things necessarily at face value. You see, the Americanized version of words has brought things down. The idea of what faith is or what hope is may not necessarily be what the actual translation of the Bible for that verse meant. So, I'm not a Greek scholar, and if I mess up anybody who actually knows these Greek words, then I'm apologizing now. So, but faith. And I've entitled this message also, sorry, I missed that, It's pretty simple. It's faith, hope, and what they really mean. And this is also in the context of this verse. Okay? Is everything is in context with where you're reading at in the Bible. So, faith. The word, Greek word for faith is pistis. It means this. Believe, trust, confidence, be persuaded, come to trust. Now, if you actually look at the context of what faith is... It is a gift from God. You see, we get confused and think that faith is belief. But our belief in God does not get you anywhere. You see, when you finally accept what Jesus Christ did for you, he gives you this gift of faith. And when you receive that gift, you get to know and you understand who God really is. You get to see the wonderful miracles that he's done. That faith grows inside of you. That gift from God reveals himself to all of us. You see, I use this example in the first service, and I'm going to use it too, is... God gives us the gift of faith when we accept Jesus Christ. Now, if I went out and I bought my wife a new car, which I'm sure she would absolutely love because ours is always in the shop, but I held on to the keys of that car and I just told her, here's the car. She can go around and tell everyone she wants that my husband bought me a brand new car. I have this beautiful car. See? See? It's beautiful. But until I give her the keys and she accepts that gift, that car is just sitting in the driveway. It has no real purpose. You see, that's what belief is it has no real purpose. You you can believe in just about anything. But once I give her the keys to the car and she turns it on and she accepts that gift, now we're talking. She can drive. She can take the car anywhere she wants to go. She can take and use that car for what it's supposed to be. That's what faith is. Faith is a gift that when we receive it, that we can use that as a tool and as a privilege from God to be able to show just what he's capable of. See, to me, as Americans, we've downgraded what faith really is. You see, when you say I have faith in something, you know, like I could say I have faith in gravity, right? I, I, have, I have faith. And I could drop that like Alex dropped the knife in the middle of the drama and it fell to the floor. And that's belief, not faith. Because you believe that it's going to fall. Do you know what faith is? Faith is the opposite of that. Faith is knowing that my God, the creator of the heaven and earth, if he wanted to, could lick that knife when I drop it and float and just sit there. That is faith. You see, belief in worldly things or anything along those lines doesn't mean anything. But the faith that he gives us as the gift and the understanding that he gives you through faith of him is what he's capable of doing. Now, in Hebrews 11, we all know the faith chapter. And there's just some unbelievable things that happened in Hebrews 11. If you look back, there's just remarkable stuff. I mean, Abraham was going to take his son and sacrifice him because he had that much faith. In God, because God had given him the gift of faith. You see, there's many, many men and women in that chapter that display what the true gift of faith is from God. I'm going to read a quote from when I was doing this research from a man named Charles Price. This quote, like I said before, I'm not that smart of a man, and I couldn't come up with something that was this unbelievable. So I'm just going to read it because he's much better at it than me. It says this, We have made faith a condition of mind when it is a divinely imparted grace of the heart. We cannot receive faith, or we can receive faith only as he gives it. You cannot manufacture faith. You do not work it up, You can believe a promise and at the same time not have faith to appropriate it. Genuine scriptural faith is not our ability to count it done, but it is the deep consciousness divinely imparted to the heart of man that it is done. It is the faith that only God can give. Do not struggle in the power of the will. What a mistake to take our belief in God and call it faith. Christ, the living word, is our sufficiency. What an amazing thought that is. What is your faith? Is your faith accepting Christ and receiving that gift? Or are you using the Americanized version of what faith is? When in turn, it's actually called faith belief. The other word in this is hope. Hope, word in the Greek, is called elpis. Its meaning is this, expectation to anticipate, to welcome, expectation of what is certain or sure of. That's my favorite one. Expectation of what is certain or sure of. You see, this word, elpis, is actually used in the New Testament, and it's never used in a negative way. It's never used in anything other than to show absolute. You see, in America, we always use the word hope, and it's like, oh man, I hope I didn't leave the milk on the counter. Or... Oh, man, I really hope my car starts. That's my wife again a lot. But that hope is not the hope that God talks about here that will remain forever. You see, the forever hope is the certainty of what God is capable of doing. See, if you read through the Bible and you look at all the promises that God has made to us as Christians, as believers, that hope is what we can stand on as Christians, and we can explain to someone else just why they need to have hope, and what it is. You see, what I'm talking about is, is if you have a friend call up, and they have just someone who passed away, And they call you up and they say, you know, I just had so-and-so pass and, you know, I'm really down and I'm really depressed. And then you go, well, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, but hang in there because God will get you through it. He, you know, he's got that hope, you know. No. See, God makes promises. And you know what he tells us in his word because of this word, Elpis, stand by me. I am giving you 100% certainty that I will come through. It's an expectation you need of God. God is telling you, expect me to come through. Expect me to be there. You see, I'm slowly learning through marriage that going into marriage with expectations is bad. (laughs) See? All the married people laugh. You know? <laughs> Expectations are bad. Because you know why? We are human. We fail all the time. And we're going to fail again. And again. But you know what? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do you know what he says? Hope in me. Expect me. I will give you certainty that what I have said will come to pass. And you know what? You can stand next to that friend that called you and you can say, I give you hope because the Lord God is certainly going to get you through that. You have a friend that calls and they have just lost a job and they're worried about where their next meal is going to come from or where their next paycheck is going to come from, and you can stand next to them, and you can yell out at the top of your lungs, the Lord God will provide, because that's what He says in His Word, the assurance, the certainty. And He tells us to expect it. Expect things from me. He's the only person that we can expect things from and it's guaranteed to happen. And if we live our lives with that hope, just think what a difference that'll be. That hope. We stand out in the lobby and we fellowship with everyone, and when somebody comes up to you with a problem, what hope are you giving them? Are you giving them the hope that says, the the Americanized hope that says, hang in there, hope you get through it, Are you giving them the hope that God truly can give you as a Christian and stand there and say, I'm certain that God the Father will get you through this? Can you imagine what kind of church we would be in? Can you imagine what kind of county we would be in if that was in all the churches around here? That if we actually portrayed the hope of God the Father, what would that look like? So my challenge for you today is first this. How is your faith? Are you just believing? Or are you truly receiving the gift of faith that our God provides for us? Have you taken the keys and used that faith for what God has intended it to be for? And second is this. What kind of hope, as a Christian, are you displaying? Are you displaying the hope that America have made it to be? Or are you displaying the hope that God's word shows us is, the assurances, the certainty of what he promises, where you can stand next to someone and shout it out, That God is who He says He is, and He will provide, and He will protect, and He will be there no matter what. This was a message that was mostly for me, I think. Because when you get wrapped up in your busy life, and busy is an understatement with newborns and all of this stuff going on, but you lose sight you lose sight of what your real responsibility is and that number one is to show people the hope that your faith brings them see cuz your faith gives them a glimpse of the hope that you have through Christ now in closing As I was doing this, I understood exactly why God said agape love was the greatest. And if you look at this, it's so cool how it actually works out. Because that's just the way God is. His agape love was him sending his son on the cross to die for us. Because without him dying on the cross... We could not have faith and we could not have hope. We would all be sitting here and we would be perishing. But because of that agape love, we can now have faith, that gift from God, and then we can in turn show others through our faith because of that gift he gave us just what hope is in Christ. And you see, That's why all three of these are so important. But it's also why love is still the greatest.